Dark, a podcast about the CW's Riverdale. Just wants to go to a party in the woods with you. No big deal. I'm Alex. Because when you walk into the woods, you're there for one reason. Humping. <laughs> and if you have another reason, you just might end up dead. I'm Justin. I'm Pete. And we are going to be talking about Chapter 70, The Ides of March, where it all goes down, mostly... Though some stuff gets left some behind. Some stuff goes down. Some stuff goes down. Not all of the stuff. A couple of the things go down. Uh, this is obviously going to be a big episode. This is a highly anticipated episode because, just to spoil it, we're finally looping to the night that Jughead Jones 100% definitely dies. Yeah. Dead forever. R.I.P. Jughead. But before we get into that... Put him in a body bag. <laughs> Show me the corpse. You, they literally showed you the corpse. That's what I'm talking about. That's a dead person. Oh, it's okay. Not, uh, it's not a dead person. He's a dead person. Archie Barrett wasn't even touching him when he declared him dead. He was, listen, you could test a pulse from up to five inches away. I, yeah. All right, I've buddy? Guessed, I guess, often I'm like, Pete's dead right now. <laughs> I, I can't believe you keep come, somehow shocking, like defibrillating yourself back to life. That's the thing. Pete always comes back for one more scare. Uh, before we get into this, though, I think there's something we need to apologize about, guys. Yes. I think we got to lay this out here. We got to be upfront about this. Uh-huh. This is important to be honest at the front of the podcast. Yeah. And we fucked up. Like, as a podcast, we fucked up, the yeah. three of us. Right? Oh, wow. I know what you're talking about now. Yeah. This is yeah. last episode. <laughs> there was something that we talked about, a, an important subject that we discussed that unfortunately we just did the wrong thing with. And we did not notice that Ted Bishop was the punisher. And I'm sorry about it. I'm yeah. sorry. All right. I'm laying it out there. I'm sorry, Pete. No, we're all to blame. Here. I didn't want to turn to you, but you are our number one punisher fan. Right. How are you feeling right now? Uh, it's so obvious now. Sure. Like a lot of things. Yeah. It's like, uh, Oh, it was a treasure map. <laughs> Or like, <laughs> what? Or like, oh, I guess I that fruit was plastic. Oh, no. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, now I see what you're saying. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like, yeah. mistakes yes. we always make. So in the last episode, they introduced a character named Ted Bishop. He uh, kicked the shit out of Archie. We taped the episode a little early, and I think well, like right after we done taping, I got out. I was like, oh, let me just check my phone. And good old Robert Roberto Aguirre-Sacasa, the showrunner of the show, was like, we've always wanted to adapt Archie meets Punisher. This guy's the Punisher. Here's his skull shirt. And I was like, ah, shit. We, we missed it. We really did miss it. And we've been comic book fans for a while. Uh, it is very obvious when you look at it. But uh, I felt even dumber when I listened back to the episode. We spent, I want to say, conservatively five solid mis- minutes talking about Tab Bishop and how he was like an insane superhero straight out of a comic book character. Yeah, we were like, that guy is Captain America. <laughs> <laughs> we couldn't have been closer to success while being totally wrong. Yeah, 
Uh, there's one other thing that I did want to talk about here right at the top that I'm going to open up uh, before we get into Ides of March. And obviously, this is a real big episode to talk about. Uh, but we did a poll on at Riverdale Dark on our Twitter mm-hmm. that I, I was curious to get your guys' feedback about. Uh, the poll was specifically, I said, uh, or whoever runs the Twitter, I don't really know. Uh, if you had to pick one of the below first and middle names for your firstborn child, mm. which one would you choose? And here were the four choices, all right? Why are you doing this poll? uh, Well, you know, just like for social engagement. Uh, So the (laughs) first choice for a child's name, first name, last name, was Barchi Rainkiss. The (laughs) second choice was Bughead Wedding. Uh The third choice was Varchi Forever. The fourth choice was Curdle Bear Jr., which... I got to be honest, like not exactly a first and middle name, but you know, still yeah. works. Yeah, Junior's weird to th- throw in there. <laughs> sure, but I would assume it would be like Colonel Bear Title Tyler Junior. Right, you throw a last name in there. Yeah, exactly. I will say I'm from a long line of Colonel Bears, <laughs> so it makes a lot of sense. Uh, and I will mention for the poll, we got uh, over three thousand votes on the poll. Uh, Bughead Wedding won with fifty eight percent of the polling to twenty two percent for Barchi Rainkiss. 10% each for Varchi Forever and Colonel Bear Jr. I feel like people missed the point of this poll, I gotta be <laughs> honest. Like, I don't think they were thinking this through. There's gonna be a lot of kids with those names coming right. up. Right, Bughead, Wedding, Zalbin. Yeah. Yep, exactly. I you mean, have to <laughs> ask your, add your last name. Right. That's the, the thing that I don't minute. think they're thinking about. If you were gonna take one of those, Pete, which one would you name your firstborn child? None of those. Those are awful names. Right, for but a child. if you had to choose one, you have to choose between this one. Bughead to, Wedding. You would choose Bughead Wedding LePage? Yep. Your kid would be named Bug? <laughs> Good old Bughead? Mm-hmm. Good old Buggy? Really? This is a stupid fucking thing. And I, I don't just, know why I, we're, I, I there's think so I much shit like, to get into. I feel in this like episode. people weren't thinking about it. That's what I wanted to bring up on the Congrats. podcast. Bring Obviously, Barchi Rainkiss would be my beautiful baby, <laughs> baby girl. <laughs> I Barch. W- I, in all honesty, taking this 100% seriously, I feel like Colonel Bear Jr. is the only legitimate answer <laughs> for it. That's clearly well, a, a puppy name. Sure. That's <laughs> not a human name. Barchi Rainkiss makes total sense. I mean, as I am barren, why yeah. I <laughs> so can only adopt dogs. I can't believe you're I talking about that. I think about it. Is, uh, can we it's also not called barren for a man. <laughs> Just so you know. Can we please get on to... <laughs> I mean, technically, I'm barren. I cannot uh, bear children. I guess that's technically true. Yeah. It's, I, you're, Thanks for you're, bringing up some random thing you did on Twitter. Can you're we curdled. No, whoever did it. Whoever did it on Twitter, I don't know who did it. Ironically, Pete did this poll. <laughs> yes. Pete you're run- Curdle Baron Jr., actually. Yeah, Pete runs the at Riverdale Dark Everybody Twitter. knows that's not true. Everybody knows that's true. Yeah. Should we talk about this episode? Pete barely, Can we please, Pete barely for the runs, love of God? Pete barely runs his Twitter. All right. I'm sorry for belaboring this, Pete. Let's get right into it with a recap of what's happened so far on Riverdale. Yeah. So kicking it off at the beginning, there is a town called Riverdale. It mm-hmm. is established on a planet called Earth. Earth orbits around the sun. I don't know what if we've actually I don't know if we've actually established <laughs> that Riverdale is on Earth. <laughs> True. So like let's keep it to the facts, Alex. Riverdale right. could be on uh, what's the show on Netflix where the town the town of teens the society society? Yeah. It could be it could right be up that. the street from I think they're <laughs> all, well no, they're not on Earth, right? Because the no, they're on what a separate, the fuck is happening? We can talk our Talking about the society. Come on. The society is like a a good neighbor, uh, like a TV neighbor of Riverdale. They slagged off Riverdale in their first or second episode. Wake me up when you you guys start talking about Riverdale. I do like that show. We are talking about Riverdale. You're not. Riverdale. 
Liverdale is what happens when I drink too much. <laughs> so uh, let's talk through what's going on in everybody's storylines. First of all, there's Archie Andrews. He is managing several businesses, including his father Fred's a construction company, also a gym called the El Royale, uh, and he has a girlfriend named Veronica. Uh, in addition, he uh, is failing out of school because of an ill-timed bear attack last year. I think that's fair to say. Right? Yeah. Well, he missed the he. Miss the I don't SATs. know if you blame the bear attack. There was they so much certainly trace. did seem to blame the bear attack when it happened to him. I also think Archie's... I haven't seen a lot of homework scenes with old Arch. Yeah. Sure. Uh, that's true. We do get those that this episode, which is nice. Yeah, no. I do like a good homework scene. Uh, so that's what's going on with Archie Andrews. Over to Veronica, his girlfriend, who we mentioned she is starting up her own rum business. It is a maple-based rum business that she is collaborating with Cheryl Blossom on. They have opened up a club called the Maple Club, or rather taken over a club called the Maple Club, that is working as a speakeasy. It is a secondary business after Le Bon Nui, which is her dance club, which is under her third business, Pops Chocolate Shop, which is above Le Bon Nui. Banui is a cover for the rum club. I guess it's four businesses. And to be fair, the Banui is also a speakeasy. So this is like a second degree <laughs> of speakeasy, like an even more hidden bar. It's like an after after party. Exactly. I, which okay. I know we I all tell know you all what, about. After yeah. all the pitching and talking she does about the rum. I really want to try some of this rum with the wow, maple. Wow, she That's, sold you. She got you. All you, you got to do, dude, put on a blonde wig and put yourself out there. You're a real Red Raven guy, huh? <laughs> yeah. I'm, I would love a bottle of Red Raven. Old uh, Pete Mosa over here. Yeah. Pete Mosa? I don't know. I was trying to think of an undercover name for him. Oh, nice. I thought you meant he drinks mimosas. <laughs> <laughs> but he calls them Pete Mosas because yeah. he dips one finger in it, just his pinky. Uh, Pete Ro- Mosa is just a big <laughs> glass of rum, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What a bartender. <laughs> uh, so that's going on with Veronica. The other thing that's going on with her is she got the awful news that her father, Hiram Lodge, has a degenerative nerve disease, a neuromuscular disease, uh, that is going to slowly wear away at his motor functions before it ends his life. They don't know how long it's going to be, but she is very distraught about that. She is also sparring with her half-sister, Hermosa, who usually lives in Miami, but not this episode. And we haven't seen her in a long time. Yes. What has she been up to? What has she been up to? How many businesses has she launched? Well, she also runs nightclubs in Miami, so one would presume also she has a secret maple-based club. Exactly. She has a speakeasy beneath the diner as well. Uh, Now, over to Betty. A couple of things going on with Betty, but the main thing you need to know this episode is she found out a couple of episodes back that she had been implanted with a secret trigger word by the farm, an evil cult that took over most of Riverdale last season, where if you say tangerine three times, she goes into a fugue state and attacks her dark Betty personality, or at least whatever she thinks is her dark Betty personality. Uh, That was implanted to her by the leader of the cult, Edgar Evernever, but she was also manipulated by Evelyn Evernever, his daughter wife. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Also, Betty is dating Jughead, and uh, Betty and Jughead like to have sex, as people in love (laughs) often do. What? Why would you bring a lot that? of the characters. I bring that up because it's actually literally an important plot point. It's a plot point. Well, yeah. It's a plot point. It should be a plot point in all of our lives. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> Except for mine, because I am, of course, Barry. No, you can still have sex. Nope. I, I Alex, you have so. a lot of misguided I, ideas. I here. teach health class at the local high school, so I think I know you what's going on. Uh, now, Jughead is attending Stonewall Prep, which is an elite preparatory school. He is uh, going to an English class there that only has four students that is being taught by a guy named Mr. 
Mr. DuPont. The four students are Donna Sweet and Brett Weston Wallace, both of whom really have it out for Jughead. Uh, and there are two other students, Joan and Jonathan, who basically seem flunkies for Brett and Donna. They seem point. like flunkies. Mr. DuPont also doesn't seem to like Jughead very much. However, he <laughs> no. has... Not at all. Uh, he has, however, hired Jughead to work writing the Baxter Brothers novels. The Baxter Brothers novels are Hardy Boys-esque novels that have been written by a series of ghostwriters. Uh, Jughead is the latest of them. They've basically been rejecting all of his stories and not really liking them, even though he is directly writing stories based on his life. He also got into Yale based on a short story that he wrote. Uh, and uh, we should also mention that the Baxter Brothers novels are run by a sh- shadowy cabal. Yes. Like uh, all children's books. <laughs> right. Well, this is true. My mom writes children's books, and I know about this very well. Yeah, and she's a member of the cult from uh, the Tom Cruise, Nicole Kidman movie. Uh, Eyes Wide Shut. Eyes Wide Shut. <laughs> yeah, sure. Thanks for uh, making me think about that. <laughs> yeah, got him. Uh, so uh, the only other thing that you should probably know about that storyline is he is also part of a secret society called the Quill and Skull um, that he actively joined, uh, though it has not panned out very well for him. And last but not least, Cheryl, as we mentioned, is working at the Mabel Club. Tony, her girlfriend, is also working at the Mabel Club. And that is most of the stuff that you need to know. Uh, Mr. Honey's the principal, and he's a jerk. Yes. I mean, there's other characters. There's Tom Keller, who has been struggling with whatever job that he's had. We find out more about that this episode. Uh, And we should also mention a big uh, supporter of our show, Vic. Vic, the dude who works at Andrew's Construction, shows up this episode. Yeah. That's very fun. Good for Vic. Very excited for him. Uh, All right. Let's get into it. Justin, you want to walk us through this episode? Sure. We kick off the episode with Archie being Archie. Archie being a nice guy. 4.45 in the morning. A little montage of him being a good man. And then he goes to meet with Mr. Honey, and he's like, hey, can I still apply to college? And Mr. Honey's like, fuck no. Yeah, uh, and you like aren't going to make it through high school. Yeah, and, and Mr. Honey could have mentioned some of this stuff a little bit sooner. Yeah. Ah, I don't know. Mr. Honey, as you said, is a total dick. Yeah. Like, the fact that Archie's like, can I just walk with my friends? And he says, no, that wouldn't be appropriate. I mean, to be fair, the whole point of graduating is the walk. Right. Like, you can't, you have to graduate to walk. I don't want to be on Honey's side. No, but they... Oh. they Are you they the Mr. D- Honey of this podcast? Yeah. I'm, no, no. I'm, you I'm, get, my name is Curdle Honey Jr. <laughs> <laughs> like, they, at school, uh, you know, you get... Some people just don't get an uh, actual diploma in there. It's blank inside, but they still give them something so they get to walk. Oh, no, really? no, no. That's written in lemon juice. You got to put it over a flame <laughs> to show it off. You, you you can still walk with your friends. He's being a fucking dick. Oh, really? Of course. Yes, yes, Mr. Honey is being a dick about it, uh, as he is about most things. Uh, one little note that I did really like is he left a, no- a post-it note that said, love you, Mom, from yeah. the coffee, the coffee yeah. Very cute. Very cute. I yes. was surprised at the donut choice that he made. What do you mean? What did he have? He had the uh, the fancy donut instead of like a plain uh, glazed. Crawler? He had the, the one that's like a... Spinny? Like, yeah, it's like Rotini, a... Rotini, like the like uh, a, rotini uh, of donuts? Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, he, like, a bear claw? No, motherfucker! I know I what a crawler is. I think it was a crawler, is. right? It it looks like a scrunchie, but it's a guy. Yeah, it's a crawler. I've is said that? it several times. It's called the crawler. I don't know. Do not challenge called. Alex about donuts. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this dude fucking knows donuts. I already said crawler is the rotini of donuts. Yeah. <laughs> and I hate. I for those those of you that don't know, that's the hottest take <laughs> in donut culture. That is a fu- it's a it's a blazing hot take. I'll tell you what. The donut I, culture Twitter donut donut Twitter is gonna light up over. I. There. 
walked into Voodoo Donuts the other day. I shouted this, and they and said, you're the norm there, right? They were like, Alex. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I walked in, shouted that, and they were like, free donuts for life. Wow. Hot take. Love it. It's not, I mean, there are so many better donuts than that one. Than Voodoo Donuts? No. I love Voodoo Donuts. Oh, Crullers. Cruller. Yeah. I'll tell you what, I'll have a cruller sometimes. Yeah, you eat every donut in front of your face. <laughs> throw your throw your favorite donut out there, Pete. Right Apple now. fritter. Oh, oh my fritter. god, what are you Amish? <laughs> yeah. You wait, you have a whole donut world to explore involving sugar. Yeah, yeah. I really, I I was on your side because cruller is like, sure, if a cruller's there, I'll have it. Uh, but until you said apple fritter, and then you lost me. Completely. Apple fritter. It's not even you are not allowed to criticize a cruller if your favorite donut is an apple fritter. Hey man, I mean, <laughs> an apple fritter is like a calzone for a country bump. It depends on where <laughs> you're getting the donut. It depends on... Just real quick, I want to clarify for the podcast, the only metaphors we have for donuts are Italian food. (laughs) Uh, I I love a good bow tie. Uh, Nice. Boston cream is great. Sure. What a classic donut. You know, Krispy Kreme, though, for me, is the top of the top. Like a hot Krispy Kreme? Oh. Yeah. See that light go out? You're like, hobbita, hobbita, hobbita. Yeah. (laughs) Tongue rolling out of your mouth. I just right. like a Hard stop. Sidetrack me. Let's go. Eyes going a wooga, a wooga. I just like a pine cone rolled in honey. <laughs> That's me. Right under, right above an apple fritter. Are you a squirrel? <laughs> uh, I maple. I like a maple glaze. A maple glaze? A maple glaze. Maple That's pretty good. glaze. That's right. Are you from Canada? I'm bona fide upstate New York, motherfucker. You take that, that bullshit Rochester shit with an apple fritter, you can take that right out of here. First off, fuck you for saying that, all right? There's a lot of great homemade donuts made in Rochester <laughs> that are fantastic. Uh, great. I like, <laughs> as we've already established, I like all donuts. Let's move on uh, <laughs> and keep talking about this. Uh, immediately <laughs> after this, we get the Veronica scene. Now, I want to throw out there, like, this episode, everyone is behaving oddly. Really? Yes. Uh, yes. Yes. Thank you, Justin. It's insane to me how off the mark everybody is in this episode. Really? Uh, I I thought so. I mean, Archie, I guess, is probably the closest to Archie. Right. Archie's Archie's Archie's. being Archie. But Veronica's way off. Betty's way off. Veronica comes out swinging Jughead's way off. Uh, Are you saying purposely so, or you just felt like they weren't... In some cases, purposely, but some cases, like, what are you doing? Yeah, it felt like everyone was a little bit... I'm saying it's uh, based on the events of the show. Everyone was a little bit off their game. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Uh, Because I I really like this episode a lot. No way. Like, I thought... Uh, nope. There was a lot of good tension throughout. Yeah. Uh, there was strong emotion throughout. There were things like I appreciated the scene coming straight out. Hiram picking up the coffee or tea or whatever he was drinking and shaking. We had a question last episode, knowing what we know about Hiram. Is he faking or not? And to me in that moment, it felt like, oh, no, he is not faking. They are legit going for the storyline. Uh, and obviously that's bad. Yeah, in the world, but I like the fact that they are actually trying that. Yeah, I'm curious to see where it goes because 
I want to believe that I want to agree with you and believe that he's not faking it. I think he but is. He's. Uh, you think he's faking it? He the motherfucker's evil as fuck, man. I do think it's weird the way his storyline with Archie unfolded here. Yeah, like what? Oh, like, you think he's going for Archie again? That's his plan. Some. It's weird. It's That's just, what I'm saying. Everyone was being a little. It's. It's like an unre- a story with an unreliable narrator. Like this whole episode, I was like, wh- who is being real? It felt yeah. like in so many episodes of Riverdale, we are with the characters and we know what's up. And in this episode, it felt like art. And I, 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 People, not, this isn't a huge criticism because I do think it puts the show back on Archie being the center. He's the only one who is beh- we can trust. And everyone else is like, what exactly is happening here? Yeah. Right. We're not in their heads. We're observing them. And I think that's a cool place to be for And at show. some points, it's very frustrating during the episode. Well, I will say, I mean, obviously, we're going to see what happens. And there's going to be, I believe, a break after this episode. And then two weeks, we'll pick up with how to get away with murder. Mm-hmm. But it's possible, to your point, that they're still leaving a lot of information out. I think so. Um, yeah. And wait, real quick, do you think uh, they're seriously going to tell us how to get away with murder? <laughs> yeah, it's just going to be uh, the writers sitting down to be like, hey, guys, we've killed a bunch of people. Hey, we get a lot of letters, one from Pete LePage here. <laughs> I'm trying to murder a friend of mine. Um, how do I get away with it? Yeah. Hi, Riverdale Writers Room here. <laughs> Normally, we do a show called Riverdale. Instead, we're going to answer these crazy letters from Pete. Normally, we do a show about how people get caught committing murder by teens. Uh, today, <laughs> we're going to flip the script and tell uh, a not a teen, an older than teen man, how to get away with murder. Uh, the other thing I do want to mention that I, I thought right up top framed this episode really well is we know it's called the Ides of March, but they frame it as the week before March 15th. Uh, before the Arch of March, which are happening on Friday. So we get these chirons of Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, that give it this very clear countdown that builds up the tension as we go. Yeah. Because having watched all these episodes, we know we are getting very close to the point when Jughead has been found, quote-unquote, dead. And this countdown gives us that tension, gives us that ramp up to that point, which, which I thought is was great. Very useful, yeah. Uh, so, But to get back into it, so Veronica, I think we can say she's off her game because she's upset about her father. Yep. So she doesn't know how to speak to him, it seems like. Then we see her coming in strong to Archie. Yeah, she storms off and then storms in the music room and straight up gets it on. Yeah, who he's back playing guitar, yeah. Yeah. like the real Archie we've always known. That is has, not a lot of oversight in that school, is all I want to say about yeah, that. All yeah, the school trusts students to be alone in rooms. Uh, well, I think there's like, if you're going to have sex with a bunker, which is underground, vulnerable to earthquakes, why not have sex in a place that's but, safe? But that's that music room, he used to get it on with the music teacher in there. Yeah, a lot of old memories there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was not great. I was Stay surprised the music room. stop her. It was like, no, 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 we can't get it on in this room. I used to illegally have sex with somebody in this room. Right, that remember was... where that lady uh, eventually, no, she didn't get garroted there. She got garroted uh in her, in, own her home. Home. in yes. her own home. In her own home. In her in the neighboring town of I want to say Greendale. Yeah, I think or, it was Greendale actually. Uh, uh, there's uh, two great lines that happen here. She goes into the music room. Uh, she sits down on Archie, makes out with him. He says, "Good morning to you too," and she says, "Less talking, more touching, Andrews." I, which was great. I wanted I wanted Archie to be like. Hey, what are you doing here? I haven't seen you in like nine episodes. <laughs> are we, you're, we're gonna have sex. Who are you? What's no, your name? She does yeah. say afterwards, like I haven't been around because she went to New York to visit, which was yeah, nice. She also did like fifty other things. Right, she went to New York for two days. Yeah, I saw her in uh, Times Square. You did? <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> really? She yeah. was she was uh, tussling with one of those elbows. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, she was. Yeah. Oh well. Oh yeah, she does not put up with that Elmo shit. She's you actually should. starting a rival Elmo business with a slightly different recipe. <laughs> I also think uh, across the board, Veronica was very well written this episode. Yeah. Like it almost felt like season wet Veronica with the amount of cultural quips she was throwing out. Yeah. And lines like right after they're done doing it, and he <laughs> uh, zips up her dress. She says, "Thanks for the order." Thanks for the early morning delight, lover. Yeah. Which, like, feels like a very early Veronica line yeah. in a nice Spicier way. Spicier Veronica. Yeah, exactly. Uh, she's going through it. Yeah. Um, so then we jump over to uh, DuPont and yeah. Jughead, who uh, DuPont kicks his professor, who is just straight up mean all the time. But Jughead still keeps coming back to him like, hey, prof, uh, what's up with my book deal? And he's like, you're out of Quill and Skull and you're out of their, your Baxter Brothers book deal unless you can write the next another version of the story in one week. And then Jughead's like, I'll do it. Yeah. Yeah. How long can it take to write a book like that, honestly? I'm writing a, a book. Novel? I'm writing a book right now. Yeah. While you're doing the podcast? Yes. How much are you through? I'm like 900 pages. It's very long. <laughs> oh, my God. Long. You think it's too long? <laughs> For a Hardy Boys-esque novel? Yeah. Well, but it's about... It's not... It's Hardy Boys. It's two brothers. It's going to be three brothers. First draft. Oh, yeah. You do need more He's got to... He's going to chop it down. Right. Exactly. Right. It's, a, Alex, it's a first draft. No, Get off true. my case. <laughs> Who are you, George R. R. Martin? <laughs> yeah, I'm the opposite because I get shit done. Ooh, man. Do Sing. you think he's on the sly writing Baxter Brothers books? That would be amazing. Oh, we should say uh, George R. R. Martin, the reason he hasn't finished the book is he's our engineer. He's here in the room <laughs> with us, and he is a great podcast engineer. Yeah, thank you so much, George. I thank you for giving <laughs> me the opportunity. I'll finish the books right after this. The winds of winter. (laughs) (laughs) That's the only thing. He's a Pokemon, basically. (laughs) He is, basically. So Uh, then we have Watch Me and Storms Out. Jughead says, uh, The Ides of March, the the title. Yeah. Yeah. He's the titular line. Yeah. I was a little upset that he didn't say, I'm going to write up to chapter 70 by the Ides of March. Yeah. Where the murder happens. (laughs) Which was great, though, because we've been teased with this. Woods murder, the fact that they were like early on in the episode, Party of the Woods, I was like, oh, thank God, we're finally going to get to it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, thank God, we're going to finally see Jughead die. Yeah. <laughs> Dream come true. Yes. Uh, now, uh, it is interesting that we haven't seen with Jughead and Betty here, and he seems, he's like, I'm fucked, and Betty's like, we'll figure it out. And it yeah. feels like Jughead, in a, for, it's been happening for a couple episodes, has been sort of taking advantage of Betty. And it, you like, think so? Like, relying on her to pull his ass out of the fire, but not really being a good boyfriend. I, I kind I of think. agree with that, but also what's weird is Jughead has been like, no, I'm out of here. I'm not going to deal with these guys, but then keeps going back. And I, I just, it's weird this, like, he seems like he's better than all these people, but he keeps going back and trying to My, fit in. I, I don't necessarily see the Jughead-Betty thing. Like, I kind of understand what you're saying, but I feel like it's mostly Jughead is spiraling out of control. He is completely out of his element here. Yeah. Uh, And I think Betty is just there being even and supportive because that's what she needs to be. Um, But... Uh, it but I is, think he's being, he's, it's resulted in him being very selfish. Yes. Well, the big problem that I have that he's been doing pretty, and it's been consistent, is Betty's like, why don't you write 
about what's happening to you right now. Yeah. Which is the thing they've been doing all along where they've just been running into places and jacuzzing people of things. Yeah. And it's not a smart strategy. No. Yeah. It's some Archie would do, not them. Yes, it is. Selling. It's very Archie. And yeah. I do It's think- like a show full of Archies. It's yeah. Archies all the way down, man. <laughs> and that's why I say it doesn't feel right. I don't like the way Betty is acting, and like uh, I, I don't like the way that Jughead is acting, and it just doesn't make sense for who they are. So it's a little upsetting in this episode. Yeah, and that's why they do feel again very much off their game. Well, agree to disagree. Uh, but <laughs> he he does uh, decide to write the preschool thriller, starting with uh, we should mention Moose was in the school but left. Um, so they're going to start with that point with yep. Moose arriving at the school, that character. Uh, and then we get a quick scene of Hiram visiting Archie at El Royale, as we mentioned. No more weakness. Hiram wants to work out with a real trainer, Archie. Yeah, that yes. was, <laughs> it was so weird. He's just going to show up and taunt Archie by benching. He's not the, taunting though. He's oh, providing him with a father figure. Cause he's jacked. Yeah. Yeah, it's really weird that he just shows up. And then Archie was like, hey, can I have business advice from you? Archie, what are you doing? This man has literally tried to kill you. I think Mark Consuelos's take on this, it is a much softer, more vulnerable Hiram than we've seen before. Well, and that's what I'm saying. I, I think if that's true, then that's great. Um, I want to see, again, it feels like we're, we're, information is being withheld from us. If he truly is like, I need to change my life, then this scene is, like, fatherly, and it means something. Yeah. But it also is very odd that he's like, I'm dying. I got to go hang out with Archie. Yeah. Sure. In his boxing. Because even Archie's like, don't you Veronica. work out, like, at nine other gyms? And he's like, I wanted to come don't here you- to your factory with a boxing ring in the center. Yeah. yeah. Don't you own a prison and can, like, work out anywhere? Like, what? I don't know if he'd want to work out in a prison. Well, he, he we've literally seen him doing that. Yeah. yeah. Lock me up. It's time to get jacked. I'm too jacked to be out here in the real world. <laughs> uh, well, anyway, and then over to Tuesday, where Jughead reads his book for the fellow students, and Mr. DuPont shuts him down. Yeah, of course. Sorry. He's reading sure. his book to his enemies. Right. Yeah. That's yeah. like me reading my book aloud it's just, to... It's just so upsetting. Wait, who are you? Just, huh? Which one of us are you gesturing to just now? I just made a general gesture. Oh, no, right. He was gesturing <laughs> but, to me. But you gesture in the direction of both of us. Yeah, but I guess you have to choose who no, you're no, no, it, was, it was to me. Is I'll it take me or is it, it Pete or is it both of us? It's, it's, it's me. Me. You have to read my book. It's no, me. It's no. fine. It's me. Let's move on. When are we, no, but you guys when are, are we inviting him to the woods? You guys are in the book. Uh, it's um, the two... The three brothers <laughs> in my Two, book three. are named Dustin. Sure. Yeah. Go on. Go uh-huh. on. Yeah. Keep going. Yeah. Yeah, what yeah. are the other names? What's another name? <laughs> Just name, name, name one other. more name. Uh, there's, of course, there's uh, Balix. Balix. <laughs> okay, there we go. And Deet. Oh, Deet. Good old Deet. I was Deet. wondering what Deet. you were going to do. Deet to Dodge. <laughs> you could have gone like Pat. You know, that would have been... Oh, okay. Well, well why don't you uh, write your own fucking book? Yeah, write your book. own book. Genius. You could have gone Alec. Hey, yeah, George, was... how hard is it to write a book? Eh, pretty hard. Very difficult. Okay, so <laughs> anyways, we should also mention we have two George R. Martins. Well, there's one R and there's another R. So then we <laughs> see... Uh, good old George Railroad Martin. 
So we see Cheryl on the phone. I love when you try to drag us along in the plot. You're like, okay, then there's this. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. So Cheryl's you know on what? the phone. I honestly wish, Pete, you were a character on Riverdale because I feel like you go around and be like, come on, can we get this? Well, would, come on. How could Stop that show talking. Move, just go to the woods. How could that show move any faster? Yeah, true, Even with Pete there being like, yeah, all right, true. we got it, Betty. Keep it going. I would never say that to Betty. Um, okay. Uh, anyways, we see Cheryl and Tony. So, uh, do you want to phones? I, it's hard to break up this episode because it all amounts with most of the characters together. But, but we can do the Tony stuff, probably. That's Tony and okay. uh, the Shoney Show Pass. Let's do it. So, uh, Tony, uh, Cheryl's like, "Hey, Tony, why don't you go meet this new person? Charm them. Love their little- office, first of all." Yeah, love their office. Cheryl sitting behind a big desk, taking the calls, old finding out phone. there's an old timey phone, finding out there's a high roller at the club. Yeah. Tony's gonna scrutinize her, gives a little smoocheroo. Very yeah. cute scene. Yeah, I just, I personally, I, I it makes me uncomfortable when someone's dating someone and then they say to the other one, "Hey, go charm that person." I'm like, "What are you? What are you doing? Why would you?" She say? trusts her. Yeah, I'm she trusts glad. her completely. I'm glad yes. she does. Um, um, you're saying just feels a little weird. Uh, and so then uh, we Tony meets with somebody who's clearly got a fake blonde wig on from the get. That was yes. just well, like, this is I love this. I love this because this is Hermosa wearing a fake blonde wig, just like Veronica does when she does her stupid Monica Posh impersonation. Works not every kind, time. Works. It does work every time. That's I call it stupid. About. Like on the outside, I'm like, everybody does that's Veronica. Yet nobody does that's Veronica. And I will say, like at first, I was like. That's weird. I was like, then I was like, oh, that's Hermosa. Yeah. In, in the moment. But I was like, the way they shot it was nice because it was like really pink and dark in there. It was yes. hard to tell. So uh, I think it worked more than. Also, her code name is Rosa. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Rosa. My name's Rosa. Yeah. I, Mosa. My I name is loved Man it. Mo- Pete Mosa. I would have <laughs> loved it if she did something like Harmonica Posh or something yeah. like that. That would have oh, been good. excellent. Um, I so, made that joke on Twitter, so I've had it uh, uh, locked. Oh, cool, don't cool. you recycle? Yeah, not, please, not here, not here with us. I, I felt bad about it when I said it. I okay, felt thank bad you for it. owning it because there's nothing worse than that. And then, do you guys want to hear some other of my tweets? And no. then, and then <laughs> Balix tried to slough <laughs> off a tweet on <laughs> Deet and Dustin. Right, what you know? Right, what Deet you know? Right, and Dustin. I like that we're both D's. Uh, yeah, okay. we're brothers. Yeah. The Aww. D brothers. Brothers have the the D brothers. Yeah. They brought my brother's named uh, John. J name. I have another brother named Max. <laughs> no, no, that really <laughs> ruined it. He's much younger. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, so yeah, she goes off, uh, meets Hermosa in a wig. Uh, Tony says she wants to meet Hermosa at Le Bon Nui. Was that mm-hmm. what I wrote down? Does that? Uh, that yeah, and they, well, they they go dancing. Yeah, and, they do. Um, Tony's like into it. What is yeah. happening? Everyone on Riverdale is horny this episode. <laughs> yeah, they are. This is a very horny episode. Very sexual, sexually charged episode. Yeah, and they shot it that way. Like, I feel like every five to ten episodes or so, there is a Tony and Cheryl up in the club thing where yeah. it's always Cheryl walking down the stairs every yeah. single time. And she's like, I see Tony. And either I'm mad about it or I'm happy about it. Yeah. This time it was a mix. Yeah. Was like, and then Ooh. they have like a sexy three-way dance. Yep. Uh, Invite Hermosa back to a hotel room at the Maple Club. Yep. She gets there, and of course, Veronica's there. Veronica, yeah, I liked how Veronica got in a note, and she was like, the trap is set. Yes. Yes. I like that they were not acting like idiots. I yes. like that Cheryl was like, 
I saw a newspaper with your face on it. I know exactly who you are. Yes. What are yeah. you doing? That was good. That was a pleasant surprise. Yeah. Uh, and then Veronica confronts her. And uh, th- I, the interesting thing I think about the scene is that the main thing Veronica is upset about is that Hiram told Hermosa first. Yeah. yeah. Uh, which, which, yeah, I don't know why. I no. mean, I can understand why she's upset about that because she feels like this is a new daughter and like she should be closer. But her and her dad have been fighting for a long time now and they've been fighting each other tooth and nail and it's been nasty. So like part of me is like, are you really that? Surprise. Well, but I think that's what she sort of figures out this episode is that her relationship with Hiram is combative. It is yeah. they are rivals. And uh, and Hiram, I think they both like that. And so what she, she realizes is what she's been sort of removing herself from relating to him and like changing her name this whole season. Mm-hmm. And what she finds out this episode is that they need each other or specifically he's sick, so he needs her to be combative. Yeah. And we get the scene later where she uh, she's pr- does a presentation at breakfast <laughs> yeah. uh, with her presentation glasses on and um, talks about how Red Raven is going big and Hiram is very, very mad about his daughter's business for some reason. Yeah, yeah. she I, I wrote this down because I love this line, too. She walks in and says, Happy Friday, you soul-sucking vampires. Yep. Yeah, great line. Uh, she also says, Snap a trap earlier when I, uh, so I wanted to make sure. Yeah, I good stuff across the board. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, and then uh, Hiram gets upset and is like, "You've awakened the dragon." So intense! Wow, yeah. we've we've never heard him talk about himself in dragon form. Yeah, yeah, That's we haven't intense. seen it. Uh, George has actually been side riding on Riverdale, our engineer, and uh, <laughs> I think he's finally got those dragons in there. Yeah, congrats, George. Yeah, yours. <laughs> All right, come on. <laughs> uh, the one the other thing that I was going to ask you guys about here, and I don't think this matters too much because, you know, plot consistency and whatever, but does this con- contradict what Mrs. Burble told Veronica that they were in a dance of death? Ooh. I think, no. no. I no? think it serves that. Right. I think that they, Veronica knows he is going to die at some point, so she is using that to amp him up. Well, and I think also, like, Veronica thinks that this is the best way to, to relate to her father, but the best way to relate would be to be nice and be like, we love yeah, each other. working. Yeah, it doesn't respond yeah, they, to that. They didn't, she didn't do it for very long. <laughs> right. right. She didn't, like, they sure. both need to do that. Yeah. And they both need to, like, Hiram needs to own up to his vulnerabilities. I mean, they should sit down, go through some therapy. He should be arrested for all of his crimes. There's a lot that should happen. But she's just trying to be like, if I wake uh, this part of him, he'll have energy. The dragon part. Yeah, and he'll be able to kind of dragon fight energy. this and be able to fight knights, back. Knights, he'll be able to fight knights because yeah. he's a dragon. And kidnap princesses. But I, I do think he... Uh, and he's hiding from his family and going to Archie. Yeah. Pete, did I just awaken the dragon in you? <laughs> Is that what's happening? Yes, exactly. Oh, all right. Uh, great. Um so let's maybe jump over to Archie to cover uh, his stuff. He's having some sure, business. Sure, or we could uh, talk about Veronica because we kind of... Uh, okay, I mean, cool. Veronica and Archie are obviously intersecting, but uh, just to touch on the other stuff that happens in Veronica's storyline, she's spinning out of control. She wants to party. She wants to party, party, party. Uh, dancing at the club, and, also very horny. And very horny. Archie recognizes that, and he's like, hey, 
uh, you're not being yourself. Like, what's going on? Yeah, she's Tell got booze at school, which Archie takes the fall oh, for. Oh, dude, Archie took the fall for that. Exactly. And it's crazy that these kids have booze, despite the fact that they own several drinking establishments. Yeah. Um, also, <laughs> like, what a nice thing for Archie to do, to be like, you know what? Shitty principal, that's my flask, because I'm already flunking out, so I might as well take the fall for this, too. I love the character choice of having Veronica very slowly and silently reach out her hand and hold Archie's hand when that, that was, was happening. Cool. That was very sweet. Very sweet. Very touching. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, she goes to Bonham again in the science lab while he's studying, uh, and we get uh, another mention of Dr. Beaker, the up-and-coming character on Riverdale that <laughs> I'm very excited to find out oh, more yeah. about. Oh, yeah. Dr. Beaker is my new favorite character. Yeah? Yeah. Number one? Number one. Really, it's it, you'll be interested to find out that he's going to take a mask off and reveal that he is reveal that he is Chick, the true hero of Riverdale. Oh. His name is no Chick Beaker. Fucking way. <laughs> His name is Beaker. Chick Beaker. My name is Chick Beaker. <laughs> <laughs> he's also a Muppet. Yeah. Oh. I think it's interesting how hard Veronica wants to party, but she doesn't care that Archie is failing out of school and right. will not see her. Right. Well, I think that's part of it as well, right? Like, as she talks about, she says, I don't want to think about the future. I don't want to think about what's yeah. happening. She was, like we talked about, there was this very pregnant pause when she was talking to Katie Keene in New York about what was going to happen after high school with her and Archie. Yeah. And she is avoiding that discussion. Yeah. Like, and I think she is not thinking about what's going to happen to Archie and doesn't want to think about what's happening to Archie. She just wants to have a good time with him. And if that ultimately damages him, that's okay. I mean, this is a very grim way of looking for, for at it. But it's possible she might be thinking or not thinking, sort of unconsciously realizing that if she wrecks things for him, he is more open to be with her forever. Yeah. What? If he doesn't I, go to college somewhere else, he could follow her to Barnard or wherever. But I also, I mean, and maybe she that's said, true. Though he's not leaving Riverdale. He's in no. I know. I'm saying like I. These feel like actually very realistic emotions to me. In that most emotions do not make sense. Okay. But I also think their plans are all short term. Like none yeah. of them are like we're in this. For life, yeah. you don't hear. I would think Archie would be like. I she gotta, hasn't said end, end game. She hasn't said end game in episodes. Exactly. Like, it's more like friend game Ooh. than end game. Uh, right. end, end comma game. Yeah, end this sex game <laughs> with you. Uh, yeah, and I think that wraps up Veronica's storyline at this point. Uh, pretty much, the they do have one more scene the where they are in bed. Oh, and right, and she confesses, confesses uh, that her father is dying. Mm-hmm. Love the fact that Archie brought up his own dad. I thought that was great. I'm yeah. glad. I was worried that they were going to blast by that. Yeah. Um, but it was a clear emotional connection, and him talking about spend time with your father while he's alive. Mm-hmm. Great. Yeah. Great Archie moment, man. That was, I thought that was super sweet of him. He was real good this episode. And then uh, later, uh, they were like, "Hey, do you want to go to a party in the woods?" Betty just invited us, and she was like. Or Archie was like, why would we go to the party with these guys? We hate these guys. Which I was like, well, that's the smartest thing Archie's like, ever said. That's such a, like, yeah, it doesn't make sense to hang out with these people. Why is Jughead spending so much time with them? And then um, 
you know, Veronica's like, well, we can just fuck in the woods, so uh, let's go. Yeah. Uh, yeah, let's save all that stuff at the, for the end. But I do think it's interesting Archie said that when he literally spent the whole episode hanging out with Hiram, the man he nearly killed. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, we can't hang out with these losers. We're their enemies. He's yeah. like, but I'm again, very close friends with the man who tried <laughs> to kill me. I think, uh, again, I think there's stuff missing that we're just not seeing yeah. here. Uh, or at least I hope so. Uh, let's jump back to talk about Archie's storyline. Yep. He's uh, best friends and business buddies with Hiram. We get a couple scenes of them working out together. Uh, and then the other sort of plot going on here is that Archie's going to sell the business that's been in his family for generations. Oh. Um, he hires Sheriff Keller. Um, that was nice because he kind of screwed over Sheriff Keller. It was really nice. Archie went back and was like, hey, I'm thinking about uh, you know starting a business. I want to pay you a very good salary. So that was... I did. I did like the acknowledgement of what's been going on with Tom Keller too. Yeah. That like, He's like, it felt like this episode was hitting on a lot of things that fans have wondered about for a while. Yeah. While like Tom saying, "I bounced around to a bunch of jobs and don't have a lot of money." Great. That's what's been going on with him. Not yeah. just he randomly shows up in places. Yeah. So it was good. Uh, it was good. Um, and then Archie can't sell the company. He can't keeps do the company. it. Can't, can't do sign it. on the dotted line, line, line yeah. and he can't do it. Uh, Which ooh, poor big sign with poor Vic, but of course Mr. Lodge was like, oh, "They let you keep the sign." What a dick thing to say! Really, I'm, they're friends then. Yeah, they're best friends. I thought that was like a they're muscle move. buddies. I I would if I muscle was Archie, I would have been like, <laughs> yeah, "Hey, aren't you going to die yeah, soon?" We all know what a muscle buddy is. <laughs> we all have muscle buddies because we're muscle buddies. Yeah. Do you guys want to look at each other's muscles? Right? What yeah. the <laughs> fuck? All right, let's move on, please. I uh, I'd rather not. I can't stop flexing. <laughs> uh, uh, would you have sold uh, our Andrew's construction if uh, you were Archie? Nope. I mean, no, you can't I do guess it. not. What else? I mean, I, Archie, what does he want to do? You can't do that to your dad. I mean, he already got snubbed by not being in the Oscars in memoriam. Oh. You know, you okay. can't sell off his business. It is I crazy know. they mentioned that in, in Riverdale. Yeah. yeah. It was uh, fucking bullshit. Uh, he's always been a t- more of a TV actor. I don't care. He was in a movie I mean, that I was up for you. an Oscar. He's been I in movies. I been, hey, don't get angry at us. Just because we edited together the Oscars in memoriam. Montage, and chose the names and purposefully left it out. <laughs> right. Just kidding. Do you remember sitting in the uh, back room and being like, mm, let's yeah, leave it back. Just delete. Delete. Uh, I mean, let me throw this out to you. My family business, uh, where I'm from, is construction, um, and I didn't go into that business. <laughs> if it makes you feel better, my dad also wanted me to uh, do a family business, which was insurance, uh, and I had to tell him no. Yeah. Wow. My uh, family business, my father was a podcaster, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I was like, fuck you, dad. Never going to be you're, a podcaster. You're a podcaster. Here I am. Wow! Here someday you're gonna—he's gonna hang up a shingle that says Zalvin and Sons Podcast, <laughs> artisanal podcast. Uh, I think he should have sold it. You think he should have? Yeah, I think I think Archie's legacy from Fred is how he comports himself in his life. Like that is yeah. that is the lesson that we have learned over and over this season, and ultimately him failing out of school just to keep a construction business that's not really working anyway is not what Fred would want for him. Yeah, I definitely. I think that's 100% right. I know when you say it like that, yeah. but it's just hard for him to sell it. I get because it. Because of what it means to him. I completely get it. Okay. I have a bunch of comics that aren't worth anything that I haven't sold. It's the same deal. 
No, you can pass them on to your son, and yeah. they can be his albatross. No, he or your <laughs> daughter. I mean, you know, either one. No, they're not. They're never going to get it. Remember, I'm Baron. <laughs> You're going to be buried underneath the stack of comics. Or yes. more specifically, die when they fall. <laughs> ah. Oh, man. Let's wrap up with Archie and talk about the big storyline, which is Jughead slash Petty. Yeah. So where we had them is Jughead was presenting his work to his mortal enemies. Um, and, of course, his uh, book features the characters Jarhead and Bison, <laughs> which I was like. Also, okay, that was crazy. I was like, Jarhead and Bison were ludicrous. <laughs> But uh, he says that Bison uh, was his roommate, and he mentions what happened on Devil's Night. Yeah. So he even gave a fake night named <laughs> Halloween, which is a holiday that exists in the world that you don't need to rename. It was very funny. There is no reason. I, I love the Street Fighter shout out by saying Bison. <laughs> you think it was M. Bison? Yep. Yeah. Uh, definitely. Make, makes sense to me. Yeah. <laughs> Moose Bison. That's what yeah. M. Bison stands for. Yep. Uh, they, it doesn't seem to be going well for Jughead. They, the Jarhead. Er, sorry, Jarhead. Uh, they keep, um, Barhead, they keep um, changing tactics to screw over Jughead throughout this episode. DuPont, very angry. They accuse Jughead of plagiarism. Um, and he needs to prove that he wrote his story um, that got him uh, basically everything. And Jughead finally realizes his laptop was stolen after his roommate got him a new laptop. Yep. They, and w- clearly, st- I mean, that was... So I'm glad they finally realized he got his... The best right. thieves buy you a new version of what they're stealing. From. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you never think it's that. So he had the version of On Featherless Wings that he saved on his old laptop. Uh, it is gone. So he is being accused of plagiarism, which is the biggest crime that a writer can commit, uh, which is true. Yes. So there you go. Uh, and he's going to go before the disciplinary committee on Friday, which happens to be the Ides of March, which they keep mentioning over Definitely and over. Yeah, they dropped that a, a few too many times. So Betty has a brilliant scheme. She's going to give a lie detector test to Jughead, which she does, which she passes. And then Donna's like, this is stupid. And Betty's like, we think it's stupid, too. We're coming for you and we're going to destroy you. I mean, she specifically you. says the line, which I wrote down, is, do you think I don't know that bitch? Yeah. This <laughs> lie detector test is only the beginning. I was like, what is <laughs> happening? And that yeah, whole that thing was, was crazy. Yeah, that whole thing was just like, Betty, what are you doing? You're smarter than this. You're better than this. What are you doing? Yeah, I, yeah. I'm not 100% sure what their plan was in this episode. I also, like... Again, I know there is a lot to figure out here, and this is certainly jumping ahead, but, like, is the Baxter Brothers Foundation being like, we're going to get Jughead to come to school, yeah, and then we're going to rewrite his novel and then kill him, and that's how we get novels? Yeah. (laughs) That's very complicated. Just Uh, write a novel. Yeah. It it is a little convoluted. I mean, I'll give them the uh, credit for the idea that maybe they had a plan where it's like, oh, his grandfather wrote these books. Maybe he's going to be good at it so we don't have to do it. And then it's all been spinning. They can't control him, so it's spinning out of control. There is the thing that Donna says later in the episode to Betty where she's like, you don't know what's going on. Yeah. So it does feel like... I feel that way. Yes. There's definitely more reveals to come, but on the surface, it just is like... Just hire a writer, man. There's a lot of writers out there. A lot of writers out there. This is less complicated. I have a great sample that I'm uh, 1,200 pages. 1,200 pages? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a lot. 
Uh, take some notes. You right, should, can uh, we talk uh, about that? What are, you, are you up to four brothers now? Or? Yeah, <laughs> keep adding. That's what people want is more brothers. <laughs> can we talk about that Donna Bunny sit down? If uh, so I that, had a note for you, it would be this novel doesn't have enough brothers. Yeah. There are 17. Uh, well, let's get there. I mean, everything is sort of just like some wild plot things. Betty and Jughead break into the dorm rooms. They find his book that says ready to print on it. Major clue. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, and his book... It was the story he wrote about Jason Blossom that was a thinly veiled biography of what went on there uh, that then they rewrote a little bit so that it would become their own novel. Yeah. Uh, that's basically what happened. And they were like, yeah, we hired ghostwriters. The yeah. other high school students in your class. Right. All four of them. This is where it also becomes complicated. We're just like, you could have read a fucking newspaper. You know, yeah. all of this stuff. This was a public murder. Everything was probably well reported on. You didn't need Jughead to write any of this down. Yes. But I think the idea here is that Jughead is a great writer, and they just changed a bunch of stuff so they could like yeah. own it. Yeah, if he's such a great writer, how is he writing things from beyond the grave? That's oh. what I want to know. We'll get there at we'll the end. We'll get there. Uh, now, they touch on Donna chipping the tie pin here, and this whole thing is, like, obviously, like, not great. We've uh, already yeah. talked about how it's, like, it's a, uh, a plot point that we think is fucked up and it's is not being dealt with appropriately, and we slide past it again here. Betty meets with Donna, and she is, Donna is, like, downright cocky about them not knowing what's going on well Uh, first off let me just say that like the fact that uh, donna is not giving betty anything is smart and i it pains me to see betty being outsmarted by donna that's what i'm saying she seems she also offered game and then all yeah and then betty also just like coming at this uh woman and being like you 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 didn't, you weren't, you know, it's just like accusing her of things. Well, but uh, she you know hasn't what? done I, that. Yeah, I, I disagree with this episode because what I, the strategy that I think Betty was employing this episode, which was smart, which does get a little bit of the way to dealing with the issues we have with the storyline, is she is imploring to her without saying, stop lying about sexual assault or I don't believe you about sexual assault. It's please. Which is a horrible wo- woman to woman. Yeah. Don't do this. Whatever you are doing, don't do it. Yeah. And to the point Justin made the last episode, we clearly do not know this whole story yet. So I'm still very hesitant to judge the storyline on face value, particularly when I think they are taking steps to rectify where they're going. So if at the end of the day, this does turn out to be either of those bad ways that we've talked about, sure, throw the storyline in the gutter. But as it is right now, it's clear that it feels clear to me that they know this and know this is problematic and there is actually a way out of it. But that's what I'm hoping to. And I do, I still trust in the show that they're going to work it out. Especially when they're literally, the characters are saying in this episode, you don't know anything that's happening. Yeah. So, uh, hopefully that's a ray of sunshine, but I just don't like the way Betty is, she's supposed to be a better character than this. Well, I think we're going to see, like, like, I feel like we are being, throughout this whole episode, especially as it gets toward the end, we're being with, the information's being withheld, and we're going to find out what that means, um, uh, to drive it forward to get to this last scene where we learn some pieces, uh, Brett and Jughead, uh, Brett said, Jughead confronts Brett. Brett's like, hey, I got a table you having sex with Betty. Yep. Um, and he's like, I'm gonna, it's going to destroy, it's fine for you, but it's going to destroy Betty. So Jughead, is, What the fuck does that mean? No, that's true, though. 
Wait, well, hold up a second. So, like, what is... Why is Betty going to be destroyed by... First off, you taped somebody having consensual sex with their uh, boyfriend. You should get in trouble for that. Why does Betty hurt more from that? A a publicly released sex tape of a woman, exactly how he says, will follow her for the rest of her life and unfairly hurt her in a misogynist society. Well, that... Yes. That is real life. But, like, don't you think if someone... Who's going to go online and be like, oh, my God, like... So many people. A million people. A million people. That's just awful. And jobs. And if she ever tries to run... But her dad's a black hood. This just happened months ago with somebody... uh, Was she a senator? State senator? Yeah. uh, In, I want to say, California. Right. I think she was a representative. I think she was in Congress. Uh, It's revenge porn. And it happens all the time. Like, this is... For better or for worse, what he is saying is 100% accurate. I do think in the span of the plot of the show, as Betty says, I can handle myself. And she is right about that. But Jughead and Jughead doesn't necessarily need to protect her in the span of the show. Or at least he should have made that decision with her. But what Brett is saying is also correct. Yeah. It's not going to hurt Jughead. It definitely will hurt Betty. That's all. Yeah, and that's what makes it especially nefarious. But I also think that it feels like Jughead, so he, in front of the tri- uh, tribunal, he says... He bows out. He, yeah, he bails. FP is, like, legit mad at him. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he loses, they win, and... Uh, Which is just such a weird thing for Jughead to just bow out. Well, but I think he's trying to... He's trying to... He knows he's lost their game. So I think he's trying to shift it into his game, yep. which involves... Murder. <laughs> just wait. What your game is? You're going to put on a mask and just stab somebody. We don't know what the game is yet. Um, That's what we because saw. Very specifically. So, uh, all right. So let's talk about these scenes. I want to talk about this one in particular. So Betty's annoyed at Jughead. Brett and Donna say, "Hey, why don't you come to this Ides of March party anyway? Yeah. Bring all your friends." Uh, uh, Jughead says, "Yes." Can you fall for this trap, guys? That we're except setting for- they know it's a trap, and Jughead says he has a plan. But first, he needs to take care of the sex tape. That's what he needs to do. Like he needs to take care of that. But he knows what to do, and that's the part that we're not seeing here. We also get a scene that killed me, like legit. I was like chills. Was he says I love you? She says oh I love my you God, too. Yeah, that they kiss and the bughead theme comes up, and it's so clear he is saying goodbye, goodbye to her. or forever because they're like hanging on this I love you, and it's just I'm like, why does this feel like this is it for them? That's what. That's how they were playing it. Oh. That's how it played out, and clearly like. Because she's going to date Archie now. <laughs> Fuck you. Well, because... I, I don't think she smashed it's his head with that soon, rock. Bro. I don't think she's... too soon. She didn't smash his head with a rock. She said, I'm interested in Archie, and he fell over... He smashed himself brain. with a rock. Exactly. He's he like, was like, well, don't, no need for these brains anymore. That dum-dum? I'll make myself no, as dumb as Archie. We already know for the flash forward that Betty thinks Jughead is never going to come back, right? Like, she has that conversation with Archie in, uh, the, in Pops. Yep. Hand, there's a hand. So it's possible. So come back means he's got to be alive to be able to come back. Yes, he's 100% definitely alive. But like now I'm beginning to wonder, based on the way that scene is played, if 
Betty still doesn't know what his plan is. Like, if yeah. he has a plan, if he's figuring something out, but he's doing it on his own. Which is yeah. not smart. It does feel that way because, and again, it may be just the way they've shown what we have what we were shown in this episode. Because it's shot in a way that is like, it feels like everyone's operating in separate paths. Jughead, uh, he puts on his serpent jacket. He looks like he's going in for his final battle. He wears this bunny mask. Which yes. is, it seems like there's no reason for him to wear that. Yep. Unless it's, small theory coming up, FP in the serpent jacket is playing you think the he's bunny. playing a shell game? Some sort. There's no reason for him to yeah. wear the mask because he later takes it off. Right. Well, almost immediately. So well, here's, so, here's what I think the, it may be covering, the blood. Mm-hmm. So he, like, fake bloods himself. Interesting. This, I'm just making this up right yeah, now. Yeah, no, no, I don't know. It's definitely, it's a weird detail. Yes. There's, like you said, it happens so quickly. So let's talk about the party. We can kind of zip through it. Uh, it is this Ides of March party. Um, it's uh, Veronica says it's like Midsummer Night's Dream had a baby with Euphoria, which yeah. is a little over the top. It seems yeah. like a fun party. It does seem like a fun party. But maybe. Uh, no, I think she was spot on. Really? Euphoria? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, maybe not. Yeah. Also, Midsummer Night's Dream doesn't right. really it make seems sense like either. <laughs> no, but in Midsummer's Night's Dream, they have a lot of stuff in the forest. And yeah. they're all but dressed up like the only thing. <laughs> yeah, it seems like... Uh, that's why she says it's a cross. Like, why are you so mad? I'm it's not mad. He could, she could have said it's like Watership Down or like... Um, Midsummer's uh, Night's Dream, it seems like... It, I mean, that's very spot on. She could have said it's like Midsummer Night's Dream meets uh, Had a Baby with Julius Caesar. Yeah, she could have said, uh, like, oh, it's like uh, any story meets another story in the woods. <laughs> I, don't, well, I don't know why you're so mad. I like the, it's like the I princess call... bride meets something's got to give. Yeah, it's like where the wild things are meets the, another book, like where the wild things are. <laughs> wow, you couldn't think of another book. <laughs> name, name, name two books. <laughs> yeah, just try. <laughs> Sorry, I'm an author. I'm writing right now. Yeah. Hey, everybody, if you're listening to the show, by the way, we want you to hit us up at Riverdale Dark <laughs> with the two books challenge. If you could name two books. <laughs> Tweet at us. What, what do they win if they can name two books? Uh, a third book. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck naming it. Uh, the Riverdale Challenge. It's the, it's two it's books. the two books. The two books. All right. So yeah, there's this party that some you couldn't even name the right challenge, w- buddy. Name two challenges. <laughs> <laughs> name two challenges. Uh, so uh, Veronica, as soon as she's there, Archie's like. Veronica, you need to calm down. You're acting crazy. And they get to this party, and she's like, you want to go fuck in the woods? And Archie's <laughs> like, you're goddamn yep. right I do. Yeah. <laughs> she actually is like, we haven't done that in a while. I know. It's like, okay. Yeah, fine. Great. Great. But who wants to walk all the way to the sex bunker? <laughs> get halfway down the path? Uh, so, yeah. It, so the, yeah, they've got to be like, close to the sex bunker. Uh, woods Jug- are big. There's a lot of business here where, like we were talking about, like Jughead enters, takes off his beanie, Puts on the buddy mask, bunny mask, walks up to Brett. Brett tries to rile him up. Jughead doesn't answer. And he says, you want to settle this? All right, not here. And then Jughead follows Brett into the woods to your shell game thing. He follows him to the woods. Jughead follows Brett. Uh, There's a slow-mo walk into the woods. They just miss Betty. And then once they're in the woods, Jughead puts the beanie back on. Yeah. So like takes the mask off and puts yeah, it. Yeah, there's like and there, you don't see his face, right? There's there's business with the bunny mask and the hat that implies something else is going on. Yeah, I think it's definitely a shell game. Um, I think. Well, let's keep talking about what happens. Donna follows into the woods, then Betty follows Donna. Everyone is clearly going to watch Veronica and Archie. So have much sex. tension. 
Yes, but uh, I, so tense. much tension in yeah. this last sequence. I thought so well done. Like just they built it through the silence and the low tones and the music and the lighting and everything. It is exactly what it needed to be because yeah. I knew we were leading up to Jughead's death. There is no place that I think Jughead is actually dead, but yeah. I was on the edge of my seat the entire time. Yeah, it was time. very well done. Um, Betty confronts Donna. Donna turns the tables. Um, she says she went to meet with Evelyn Evernever where she learned the other magic word that She's puts her lying. into a fugue state. She's we don't lying. know. Well, I guess we'll see. Mandarin, we, Mandarin, Mandarin. Yeah, exactly. Another type of orange. <laughs> another type of orange. <laughs> navel, navel, navel. Grapefruit. Clementine, Clementine, Clementine. Yeah, I think I just won the name three oranges challenge. <laughs> <laughs> Did you? I'll I think tr- you I, named one orange three times. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I said, uh, well, we said... Don't we. recap. Don't <laughs> recap. Yeah, let's, have, let's do a quick orange recap. <laughs> no, no. We hit... Come uh, on. <laughs> keep moving forward. So Donna and... So we cut away from that. Right. After we don't know what the other magic word is, we Veronica and Archie are walking out of the woods. Right, they're uh, all done. Building. Just putting their clothes back on. Yeah, they're a little like, "Whoo, that was fun." Um, they see the Stonewall Squad together again. Bad no, guy style. They just see Joan and Jonathan. No, but then Brett and Donna join them. Join right, them. but first Joan and Jonathan are like, "Oh, they just went into the woods and that clearing." Oh, right. They're asked there. where they go, and yeah. after that line, though, Brett and Donna join them. So yeah, right. whatever happened. They have now returned to the party. Right. Um, and then we get the scene that we've all anticipated. Betty, uh, they, Veronica and Archie find Betty over Jughead. He's dead. We get the line from uh, Jughead's narration. It started out like any other week. Who would have guessed that by Friday night? And then he stops talking. And the Archie said, he's dead. Yeah. Which I thought was also an odd way of doing that. It, yeah. Also, it was really upsetting to me that Archie was like, Betty, what did you do? Yeah. She's standing there with blood on her hands and a rod. Yeah, but what kind of friend just accuses somebody of murder like that? A friend who is in love with their other friend. Uh, back on. Yeah, Barchi. Barchi, high five. High five. Joe gets dead. Let's get it on. Come on. <laughs> high five, Pete. We got a real lane for Barchi now. Yeah. He's going to give you that. Keep holding your hand up. He's going to do it. Yeah. You look like a Hitler youth. <laughs> well, when uh, in Rome. <laughs> wrong city. Uh, so <laughs> a lot of things could have been happening here. Um, wrong city. Uh, I almost, here's one weird theory. I feel like maybe this is that Brett and Donna may even be working with Betty and Jughead. Really? No. I don't know. Okay. Here, here's what happened. Okay. The, so, uh, Jughead is just like a tr- like he took something so his pulse is like low so it looks like he's dead, okay, and uh, maybe uh, Betty is just kind of dazed uh, uh, because you know either she was hypnotized or something but she didn't do it and she's just coming to with the blood in her hands or whatever so like Jughead is straight up framed by the skull and quill bullshit assholes. Yeah. I mean, a lot of things could be happening. Yeah. Um, but what's this thing where you think I'm Donna- not saying... It's just... It's odd to me that Brett and Donna walk back out what, and are gone. They're what, away what from... What I took away from that is that Jughead has a plan. Maybe Archie's in on it. Maybe even Veronica's in on it. I don't think so. No. Yeah, I mean... You're going to trust Archie to not I don't blow know. it? Yeah, I would not do that. That guy cannot keep a secret. But I think Jughead has a plan, and I think Brett and Donna think they have completed their plan... But Jughead has a plan on top of that plan. Yeah, I mean, I, I I agree with that. That makes the most sense. And I do think there was some sort of switcheroo with Jughead and I think FP makes sense. Right. Uh, but why do it at that point? It's odd. 
Yeah. Uh, it's odd and it is a straight up mystery. But I guess the other things we have to answer is, is Betty in the fugue state? Is that real? Right. Uh, or because not. Because I do think Chuckhead's plan could involve that. It could be about exposing what Donna knows and saving Betty from this Evelyn Ever Never and all that stuff where they're in her That'd head. Great. I do think there is going to be a larger hypnosis plot that is going... Because we have all these other unanswered questions that we haven't even touched in many episodes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The tapes, uh, Chick yeah, and the Charles. Charles. Videos. Yeah. So there's a lot going on and there's a much larger plot. I do think it's going to eventually hit Mr. Honey and uh, and DuPont and what's going on at Stonewall. Um, and it'll all be one thing, but... We're so far away from that now. It's so yeah. micro on this Jughead's death thing that I don't know how we get it out back out. Yeah, I really don't know either. Uh, the biggest clue to me for anybody who is worried that Jughead is dead is that we he's do not... He's narrating. Well, he's narrating. That's a pretty big clue. The other big clue is that uh, we don't see Betty hit him with a rock. Like, if he was actually dead, we would see Betty go into the fugue state and kill him, and that's where we would leave off. Yes. I also think because so much of this episode specifically was about Jughead used the trauma and like tragedy and the stuff he's lived through as a novel and he needs to write another novel and they, this happens to him. That's it. And he's narrating like, this is all one big novel. Again, there are easier ways to write a novel. This is just one giant novel. We're instead of watching a TV show, we're watching a novel be made. I I just wrote a line in my novel that says, Deet, this is all one novel. We're all living a big novel. God, that's crazy. The end. Fade uh, to hey, black. High five. Yep. High all five. books. All books end with fade high to five. black. Come here. High five. High five. D. High five. High five. D. 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 What is going on? Who's your MVP of the episode, Pete? Veronica. Wow. Yeah, what? I will Off not the Betty train. Yeah, I will not pick Betty until she is not. Uh, you know. Holy shit! I think Pete's a better person. Veronica did a great job of uh, getting her dad back on track. And also, you know, I love the way that she was outsmarting people and uh, being a badass. Nice. Justin, what about you? I'm going to give it to Archie. Like I said earlier, Archie. um, I was going to say Archie right up until he accused Betty, and that made me mad. He accused Betty of murdering. Oh, <laughs> well, he that's exactly the kind of thing Archie would do. Um, Archie um, is the only person, only character in the show that I think is fully the same on his same path. Uh, it was nice to see him just become the center of the story again, I think. Uh, and I'm excited I, to see I just it. want you to know that if I ran up on the scene and your hands were bloody... And somebody was dead. I would not accuse you because that is one hundred percent not true. No, that's, you would I, shoot me dead. You no, would, I would not. Like, He's gone crazy. There have been times when you've been reading the newspaper and you see an unsolved murder, and you're like, "Oh, that's Justin." <laughs> <laughs> I uh, call them fun solved murders. Yeah, I I was also going to choose Archie just because I really liked his storyline a lot. I know I feel like I've said this a bunch of episodes in a row, but I think what KJ Oppa do, is doing is great. They've been giving him a lot more material to work with. They've been pivoting away from dumb Archie runs into situations and just messes stuff up. And it really feels like he is growing as a character, which is very cool to see. Very cool. If you'd like to support this podcast, patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. at the People's Improv Theater Loft in New York. Come on by. We will chat with you about Riverdale. Uh, Riverdale Dark on Twitter, as we mentioned, definitely hit us up with that two books challenge there. Riverdale After on 
on Instagram, <laughs> Riverdale After Dark on Facebook, iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice to listen and subscribe. ComicBookClubLive.com for this podcast and more. And we'll see you after dark. Sex in the Woods is my favorite donut. <laughs>